0: Coming up, did you know that there are other app stores than just Google and Apple? Well, today's guest is from a company that makes it so stinking easy for you to distribute on these app stores by just providing a link to your app. Also, you'll discover what is the biggest alternative app store, how to get discovered on these other platforms, and how to make some money on them as well. Stay tuned. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. We all have developer horror stories, from language barriers to time zone conflicts to developing on time. That's why I recommend checking out b7dev.com. And if you tell Heim that Steve sent you, he will absolutely hook you up. Go to b7dev.com. Com. Create cost-per-click campaigns for mobile apps, games, or product websites with Boost Insider's social ad words platform. Learn more at BoostInsider.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.co, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business. And today I've got a phenomenal guest. I was introduced to this company by a good friend of mine, Peggy Ann Salts, and she's been working, doing some things with these guys. I was like, I have to talk to these guys because it's all about alternative app stores. I know the big guys are like the Googles and the Apples, but I know a couple of different friends who are killing it on these other app stores. So I really am excited to talk to this guest. His name is Simon Gannon. He is the marketing director at App Scatter. Check him out. It is AppScatter.com. Simon, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much, Steve. What a welcome. Yeah.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about App Scatter and where did it all come from?
1: Sure. So Appscatter is a brand new business, really. Um, It started uh, back in the early 2000s as an idea by our founder and CEO, Philip Marcella. He was running an app development agency and realized that Uh, rolling out app updates uh, to hundreds of apps is painful. He realized that trying to gather all of your uh, customers' data on revenue and downloads is painful as well. So set about just creating an internal tool to solve these problems. And the customers loved it so much, and his own dev team loved it so much that actually realized I should commercialize this, do something with it. So he did, um, road tested the idea, yeah, whilst in Boston with MIT and quickly realized there's a huge gap in the market for something that can distribute apps to multiple app stores that can um, centrally manage all of your app updates and also gather all of your reporting and data into one place. Did he go after the big guys when you guys first started or do you know the history of this? Like, how is,
0: was, was that first customer?
1: Um, First customers were... Um, Uh, kind of friends and associates and and just kind of that you know that beta testing phase Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, I think the first app that he um, used AppScatter for in anger if you like and distributed to multiple app stores was um, phenomenally successful so successful that you know it was just obvious that this is this should be a thing that that is out there and realized also that no one else is really doing it you know there isn't really Competition for AppScatter in terms of firms that can distribute to, to lots and lots of different app stores.
0: Yeah, I would say what what happened to the agency, the development shop?
1: Uh, I think that was kind of sold on, and and they moved and and thought actually there's a there's a, another product here. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether he he misses the app development life, but um, <laughs> he's he's well entrenched in that world and has got you know massive history and loves talking about. The early days of, of app development and, and also gets annoyed at any of us that think that the App Store was the first app store out there and, <laughs> and quickly corrects us so yeah he's got, um, he's got loads of experience in this world but right now I think he's, he's very passionate about helping you know, app developers because you know, he's been there How do you distribute to the other source like what do we have to upload to App Scatter or do how does that process work? We, we make the process really, really simple because, um, you know, we're not interested in changing people's code. We're not interested in making it difficult for anyone. We also recognize that our customers aren't all developers. You know, we, we deal with marketing people. We're dealing with operational people. So it's got to be simple to use. The, the basic premise is that, um, you upload your app Um, we've got a number of simple ways of doing that into our system Mm -hmm. and our software then looks over the app and decides okay these are the stores you're currently published on and typically that's you know apple and google but then these are the stores you could be published on so it it works out um, the compatibility of your app to the stores that we support then um, once you're happy with that you go through select the stores you want to be published on the territories you want to be live in and hit go and then we go through register you for these new stores and submit your app to that to each of those stores and then you get um, notifications coming back as and when you're accepted Um, and if you know the app isn't ready for that store we'll tell you why as well so we'll make it really really easy because all of these app stores are completely different you know there is no uniformity Some so many words, some want more, some want you know, this many assets, They want, others want more. And we'll tell you what, what's missing, what you need to include. Um, and then once you're in the app store, we'll tell you when you're live and then bring all of your data into one place. So you'll be able to see across all of your current app stores that you're published on, the download data, the revenue data to to, to understand exactly what's working for you. What the... When you say upload your app,
0: like is it literally here's your iTunes link, or is it the source code that I have to put? So up we
1: can this? we can do we, yeah we can do it in a number of different ways. So you can um, link to your app. So you can say okay this is my app uh, already live on the App Store. Uh-huh. Um, put in your credentials and that then matches. So we you know we're not allowing you uh, to steal other people's apps. Or you can upload the binary code as well. So either way is good. Um, and so far the, the, the process there has been really, really well received because it means you can get started very, very quickly, start playing and, and having a, a think about, okay, there's these stores out there that you know, most people just don't realize that are there um, and start to think, okay, the app store in, is very crowded and, and very competitive. The Google Play store is even worse and the, you know getting worse. So how can I branch out from those two very successful but very big stores and look to you know see it, see where else I might be successful
0: that's amazing cuz i have this problem simon let's see this is part of the reason why i started this podcast just to answer questions that i have personally but yeah. i have this app and i bought this off like a mm-hmm. fliptopia type of site and i lost the source code i can't freaking find it i've been hounding the people that i bought it from like hey can you send me the source code again can you give me so like could i Oh, how can you help me how can app scatter besides like you know s- distributing it to the other app stores how do you help me get like get this
1: back is that back i'll be honest with you steve i'm not sure we're going to be able to help you get the source code <laughs> back um, but maybe there's a product there that um philip could develop for you <laughs> <laughs> well, well i look, mean we're really we're really interested in you know kind of solving people's problems you know that's what we we do so um you know some of the some of the issues we have aren't just about distribution as well a lot of the customers we have are actually very large brands that hmm. might only have you know one or two apps their problem is not about um not always about improving their distribution it's actually about monitoring their app and their app presence in around the world in all of the different app stores is our brand being represented right. correctly and for for marketing people like me you would get very uh, annoyed if you see branding consistency, that's a big issue. Um, but worse than that, you know, there are a lot of apps that are pirated and you know redistributed to other app stores. And often brand owners don't even realize this is happening. Um, and unscrupulous people out there will, you know, go and put advertising against um, the, the the information that you're presenting in your app and earn money off it. So you know, we're we're coming up with solutions all the time to try and combat that and help you know, those larger brand customers as well.
0: That's crazy. Well, how do you take just like my iTunes link and transform it into an app of its own onto another app store? How does that even happen?
1: So, um, with the, with the ice, so the, um, Apple app store iOS, then obviously that's really the only, um, iOS app store. There are other, kind of feeder stores that, that will um, link in, but then they, they push you back to the app store. Really, the Android area is is the kind of big one um, because Android is open source. There's lots of other Android um, stores out there. Um, so what we would do then is normally you would log in with your credentials for Google. And that enables us then to start sharing the information that you've already shared with the Play Store with other stores so that it makes that whole app submission, app store registration process much smoother.
0: Got it. So primarily, like, Android is the one, like, put your Android Google Play link pro probably, and then just you distribute to all the different Android app stores out there too?
1: Correct. Got correct. You. We also support um, other operating systems, less popular nowadays, but okay. um, Windows and BlackBerry, um, there are a lot of stores that still support those those OS's as well, so we're, we can handle all, all types of, of code. And what app store are we missing? Like, What's the
0: biggest one besides the Google and Apple's of the world?
1: So, I mean, we break it down into a number of areas. And, you know, when you consider the world out of outside of, you know, the U.S. and the U.K. and the, the kind of Western world, you kind of start seeing a, a completely different picture. But, um, you know, as well as those operating systems that I mentioned, you've got stores um, that are kind of just independent. Like Amazon is one of the fastest growing app stores in the world. And with things like Alexa, what they're doing is is kind of a bit of a land grab in terms of that app domination and app space. And um, in countries like China, you've got Tencent, who are one of the biggest technology businesses in the world. Their app store, which is called My App, is one of the most, if not the most popular app store in the world right now. Um, you've got um, people like uh, Bimobi, who used to be called Opera, if you remember that that browser yeah. back in part of the, uh, the century. Mm-hmm. Um they went around and, and started consolidating um, smaller app stores and brought them all under one umbrella. So they have a really, really big presence across um, certain parts of the world. Um, increasingly, you've got device manufacturers that are setting up their own app stores. So if you, if you have a, a Samsung TV, for instance, and you want to, um, you know, load the Netflix app to watch some some TV, then you're going through the Samsung app store to do that. So we're seeing a shift from you know, your mobile device or your tablet onto other devices that you use as well. And and these act in exactly the same way. Install an app to an app store, user downloads it and uses it and everything else. So it's really interesting from that perspective as well. But in other areas, you've got um, a completely different economic model. So MTN in Africa, for instance, um, are one of the biggest, uh, if not the biggest app store uh, provider in that region, because um, it's it's all about wireless billing, uh, carrier billing. Sorry, so people don't really wander around with you know debit cards and credit cards in, in so much as as, in, as we do maybe at home, and all of their billing is is just added to their their phone bill every month. So you've got a completely different um, economic model that's driving the need for a different kind of app store.
0: And you, I'm assuming all these app stores that you are mentioning are distributed. We can use we can distribute through AppScatter. Of course. Okay, great. <laughs> Look, I have this great resource I'm going to link to in the show notes of this podcast episode too, but the App Scatter App Store Directory. Now, I'm looking through some of the different app stores like MTN, for example, or I think you just mentioned that. The other one yeah. I was re- referring to was this one. Is it GetJar? Maybe. Yeah they they have like you put the os so does that mean like for jar for example which has approximately three hundred fifty thousand apps 30 million monthly users and over 3 million downloads per day like I, can i put my ios app on there is that what that means when you put like, yes those you OS?
1: okay yeah you can so um a lot of these app stores will support multiple os's simultaneously um and so yeah and, and what will what we do as i said is if you if you upload your app to the platform we can tell you which stores that app is compatible with. And our oh, yeah. compatibility engine, as we call it, will look at things like OS compatibility and, and you know whether it's specific for a region um, and whether that app store accepts that kind of category. And all of those things are all um, done automatically on the fly as you upload. So you get a an instantaneous and very, very accurate picture of the stores that you're gonna be compatible with.
0: Got it, love it. All right, what I wanna get into next, Simon, is, all right, this is the question that I get a lot, discoverability. All right, I love all these app stores. How do I make it work? Let's say for Amazon, all these other app stores, what are things that I should really figure out about when it comes to discovery? But before I do, you are like, you might be thinking to yourself, if you're a listener, you're listening to this, oh, I love this. Wait, there's a problem. I don't have an app. Well, if you don't have an app, here's the company I, go, I, I would recommend that you check out. It is b7dev.com. It's the letter B, the number seven. Dev.com. They are the app development shop that I use and trust because they make it so stick and affordable. If you're just starting to get started, if you're just starting to get started, I used started twice, but if you're just getting started and you want to find somebody who can grow with you. As you grow and as you leverage all these app stores that Simon's referencing, well, they will be there along the way. They'll even help you do some competitive analysis, figure out what's in the app stores today and what features you need to build out in that version one. So critical so that once you have built out. Whether it's Android, whether it's iOS, you can go to AppScatter and get it out on all the different app stores with just one single code. So if you're ready to get started, you don't have an app idea, or you need to fix certain code like I do, then go check them out. It is b7dev.com. Let them know I sent you. It is b7dev.com. All right, Simon, discoverability. It's already a problem on Google Play, on iOS. How do we solve this problem on the other
1: app stores? Um, It's... It's a a very simple problem to solve when you look at other app stores um, simply because of the the nature of the competition. It it just isn't as competitive as Google and and Apple. Um, And so, you know, standing out in those markets is super hard, um, especially in games um, where, you know, you see a very short um, shelf life, if you like, of of the game apps. And only the really, really super successful ones get to, to keep churning out um based on on one uh game format if you like so um app store optimization and more in, increasingly more advertising and paid promotion are the only ways that you're going to stand out um and when you consider there's only you know two hundred and fifty thousand apps um in 2010 and there's around 10 million apps worldwide right now um you know this this growth has just crept up on us in in very short space of time. And our um, mission is to help app owners of all sizes and shapes to to think beyond this world of Apple and Google. Um, and so going on to alternative stores, um, the feedback from our customers has been that um, they get noticed very, very quickly. They get in stores very quickly. Um, There's one thing we can't do, though. If your app is bad, your app is bad. And and going (laughs) on to more app stores isn't going to help that. So it's still about producing great content. It's still about, you know, having a really strong SO strategy behind it. But certainly the marketplaces are smaller. um, There are more of them. And you can be more targeted. So if, for instance, you're um, targeting a specific language or a particular culture, um, then the demographics behind these app stores enables you to reach those people much more effectively than, than with the, with the big two.
0: So if I had like a meditation app, then, you know, I might never rank for meditation when it comes to Google Play or Apple. But if I were to distribute to other app stores, there's a possibility just because the competition is
1: so much less. Correct. 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 And and obviously, you know, I I imagine these stores will um, become much more competitive in, you know, in the next few years as we've seen with other stores um and you know i think there's there's something to be said about um you know if you live in the us or the uk or europe then you do rely on google and apple and most people's phones come pre-installed with those app stores but around the world that's not the case um in other large areas of the world um google and apple are you know are not the leaders in this area. So when thinking about apps and app development for different markets, I I think it's worth also thinking about different app stores for those markets and how best to reach your potential customers.
0: So I I kind of put in my, one of my clients into this search for your app store. Things so I just put the the client's name in there, and I did a search, and you showed me it's available on iOS, obviously, in Google Play, and then within the Google Play setting, you said thirty six compatible. So we're in sale in one, which is what I'm assuming, just because it's Google Play. Yep. but thirty six right. other stores that were not available in for this. Correct. Got Correct. It. I love that.
1: Cool. The other the other element actually, I, I triggered my memory when you were doing your little ad break was um, about competitor monitoring, and yeah. you know I think in marketing and and you know, commercial environments, it's always a bit of a, you know, smoke and mirror kind of um, activity, but everybody does. it. Everybody wants to know what their competitors are doing and whatever app you're developing, you're going to have competitors. And also because the app markets are open, you can just see what's ranking, see who's at the top, what do they do that you're not doing and how can you, you know, maybe improve. So one of the things we've built within the platform is a watch list, which is a completely free um, tool that anyone can use within the free um, accounts. you don't have to you know sign up for a trial or anything and what you can do is throw in um, you know up to five apps that then you can start comparing and see where they're ranking over time over which stores they're in um, and start to get a bit more intelligent about your competitor monitoring and see what are the words they're using what are the keywords and phrases that they're pulling out all the time that you perhaps aren't um, the assets, the images that they're using, et cetera. So we can pull all of that data in as well to give you um, a kind of one-stop-shop view of, of your competition. I like it.
0: Now, Simon, the, the market, the audience, is probably more in the torso realm of the App Store. Brand new term that I just kind of learned on my own, but I kind of get it. You know, these are people who are making a living off of apps. They might not be the yep. big guys of the world, yep. but they are doing just fine when it comes to the app store. Do you have any case studies of people in that torso that came to app scatter and is like, all right, you know, I'm doing pretty well on Google play. Let me just, let me try this out. And then they, they saw some tremendous results.
1: Um, at the moment we don't have, uh, anything we can publicly announce, but, okay. um, and it anecdotally the clients that we we have on board are seeing tremendous growth straight away um partly because um you know their app is brand new to that market so um it's almost like some of the app stores don't have a category and so they're, they're just doing really really well already um particularly in games we're seeing huge growth and um download growth and therefore then advertising revenue coming through as well um and so, so far, it's, it's very early days for us. We we just launched in November, so um, Christmas was couldn't have come at a worse time. But um, so far, our customers are, are kind of really enjoying using the system. And so far, they're seeing some really good
0: numbers. That's really great. The When it comes to monetization, are we, like, what happens to the, if we have in-app purchases?
1: Yeah. So we have, have uh, So, you know, if you go through the app store, then you, you use the, the billing mechanism. Um, on Android, though, it's slightly different. And the more Android stores you go to, um, the more SDKs you have to kind of use to integrate with the different app stores. So if you go to if you're on Google, for instance, and then you decide that you'd like to publish your app on um, Amazon, another Android store, you'll have to use Amazon's SDK to um, manage all of your in-app purchases. Um, And what we've done again is to help app developers and we can see this problem early on that it was a barrier to to getting people on board. So we built our own SDK, which is almost agnostic of app stores. So once installed into your app, it enables you then to process in-app billing across lots and lots of Android stores because, you know, that's the way of the world now, isn't it, right? No one's really paying for apps anymore. It's all about um, in-app billing. So that Little, you know, piece of code is another way that we, we're kind of trying to help app developers, as you say, in that torso that are absolutely reliant on on this revenue, to to smooth that process through and help them along.
0: Got it. Are there any other categories besides games that you're like,
1: man? There's a real wide opening for this stuff. Um, there's kind of two ends of the spectrum. We we have um, lots of of kind of small, I'd say, app developers. You know, people that are kind of running a handful of apps. Um, and then we have a bunch of publishers kind of in the middle I'd say mm-hmm. but then on the other end you've got Large brands that might only have a, a few apps that are, are looking to monitor their brands, look for piracy or IP infringements, and also to, to get into new areas. So we have a lot of news um, brands at the moment that are using us to break into, uh, you know, emerging markets for them and, and to get their news into these new areas. So that's really exciting and being able to help, you know, large brand break into countries like china where you think you know surely you're already there um but they've they've struggled because of the nature of the users in in those countries and how they consume apps do you guys have
0: the the office itself do you guys have one in you're you're based in london and also have offices in boston too or
1: yeah, we have uh, developers all over. Actually, we so we have uh, developers in Boston, where we started out. Nice. Uh, we also have uh, a team in Porto in Portugal, uh, and in uh, other parts of the UK. So we're we're pretty well spread already. Um, yeah, so we're, we count ourselves as a global business. And yeah. you know, the idea longer term is to set up regional offices around the world to support our customers. That's great.
0: Well,
1: wow. is Philip
0: in Boston or is he? Is he just Philip?
1: Philip is traveling permanently <laughs> on a plane um, between uh, the US and Europe all of the time. Um, he's yeah constantly on the move, and um, he's he, he's got a, a big um, kind of base in Germany as well. So we have a a lot of our investors and and kind of uh, early customers come from from there as well. His family are based there, so that's that's a nice interesting angle as well that we we kind of have a big kind of fan base, if you like, in Germany. Yeah, I like that.
0: All right, so what I want to get into last is talking about IoT, you know, the future of apps. And the one thing that I started noticing, Simon, when the Alexa, you know, I have a couple of different Alexas in the household. I was like, oh man, this is like great SEO, right? You you remember the beginning of the (laughs) app store? Like, like, oh my goodness, like if I could just rank for like Sleep Sounds or Alexa, Open Meditation, and I dominate that, like that's a great way of getting into the store and then if it blows up like which obviously alexa will like, i dominate it like that's my term so talk to me about like where you see apps quote unquote apps heading
1: yes and um, we're you know just to kind of backtrack you know you yeah. think about the numbers from you know eight years ago to now has, has grown as an exponential rate um and that's been massively exciting um but for us, we th- we see the app as, as just at the start of its journey. Um, we've already talked about you know the app le- leapfrogging to other devices like your TV. And um, when you talk about Alexa and the skills that you equip it with, they're essentially apps, you know, pieces of software that are finely tuned to deliver a service to the user whenever they need it. Um, and the apps on Alexa, the skills on Alexa, have grown massively as well. You know, I think in um, may 2016 it was it was around 1000 different skills and um, april 17 it's up to 12000 so you can just see that curve um, getting ever steeper and voices now i think that you know amazon certainly have cracked it mm-hmm. is you know the next kind of area but beyond that the internet of things is you know a, a term that i'm not particularly fond of but the idea of connecting every single device Around the world is massively massively exciting, and for me it's about you know all of these things are driven by apps, and the app no longer is is the you know sitting on your phone um, doing something it becomes part of all of these different devices and so you know it's there's a huge opportunity for app developers to think outside of handsets and think beyond you know where they are now and you know I think in five ten years' time the number of apps in the world will be way way beyond the the kind of 10 million that we estimate it is uh, at now yeah
0: i love it are there any specific platforms that you're interested in is it voice is it something else
1: um voice is massive um connected cars i'm fascinated by um yeah i'm just working on some 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 research around this area at the moment and you you kind of it's one well, of those things that you just you don't realize how enormous it is and it's not just you know can my car talk to my oven to or my heating or you know silly things yeah, like that it's yeah. it's kind of thinking outside of that and and actually connecting your car to the internet so that it can do much more interesting things and and the impact then for automotive which you know is is so fascinating you know they've had hundreds of years really of of being able to build these metal boxes on wheels and now suddenly the likes of Tesla are turning it around and saying, well, you know, we don't care about the car. It's about the technology. It's a, We're a technology business, not right. a car business. So that for me is tremendously exciting. And then you bring in, you know, driverless cars and, and you've got a whole world of problems and, and, and opportunities there as well. So cars are, yeah, fascinating area. Um, and I think beyond the home and the internet of things is normally, you know, you'll be able to do this with your kettle as you wake up or whatever. I like to Kind of, I'm getting more excited, I think, about the wider industrial applications. You know, you take industries, you know, agricultural industries, which are still tremendously wasteful, harmful to the planet, which is, you know, ultimately harmful to us. And I think combining those um, opportunities with the new connected world is tremendously exciting. And, and the ability to make and drive efficiency automatically through those um, through those industries is going to be tremendously exciting and enable mankind, I think, to make you know this great leap forward. And the internet of things is often um, couched as the fourth industrial revolution. And I, I think if we um, progress at the rate that we are, I, I fully believe that will happen.
0: You know, I've always been fascinated. This is something I try to do, Simon, is when we're doing laundry, Because when I charge my Tesla, it's like, it goes off, it charges at 11 PM, right? It's like, okay, when, you know, electricity is not being used, so it's going to be easy on your energy bill. So it just goes in and starts charging at 11 PM. I was like, why don't you just run the stinking dishwasher? Why don't you just run the stinking (laughs) laundry when it's 11 PM? Like, hello, like, obviously, why don't you just start doing that? And so I try to wait as long as I can. I told my wife, it's like, hey, let's just wait right before we're about to sleep. Then we'll run the dishwasher, right? That's when I'll do the laundry and do all this stuff. But I wish they would just do that. Like it. It's just gonna be better for the environment too.
1: Yeah, true, true.
0: I love it. Anything I missed that you want to cover?
1: No, no, I think I think that was everything. Thank you.
0: Very cool. Well, I really loved hearing about this. And I I'm excited. And I hope I know it's uh it's a platform, the other app stores it's just ignored. And I hope this sort of brings to light to the listeners that hey, there's a lot of other app stores that you can really leverage. And I know one of my friends, there's a a course that I have behind my academy where He talks just about that. But anyways, before we hit the big finish with Simon, I want to thank my last sponsor, BoostInsider.com. I almost said B7Dev. But BoostInsider.com. Look, guys, the you just heard the interview with Heidi. She came back on. She talked about her new platform, about Tumblr, using different social media platforms. Chen spoke at our event in what we just Santa Monica? And they talked, I learned so much more about this. They are crushing it for some major brands and they got an algorithm. So if you really, if you're a bigger brand out there, you're listening to it and you're like a marketing person there or a product person there, you gotta check them out because they can do some amazing things on Instagram, on YouTube, on Tumblr, where they can leverage your brand and really, really drive brand awareness and downloads or just like sales essentially for your particular product. So they use influencers. They've got so many influencers across so many social media platforms that if you're looking to reach your audience on Instagram, which is where I'm I'm at most of the time, then go check them out. It is boostinsider.com. They've got some really cool products that you have to check out. It is boostinsider.com. Simon, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. What is one app? We definitely have to check out.
1: Um, it's, it's not a original answer, I don't think, but I love ring. Um, got that installed at home to, you know, provide a bit of extra security. Um, and for those that don't know, it's essentially a doorbell with a camera attached to it that, that kind of goes off and starts filming anytime there's movement in front of it. And one of the the kind of side benefits of, of this app, apart from the security is when I'm at work, I get to see my, Kids coming home from school and going out and doing all of their after-school clubs, and they often wave at the camera because they know I quite like looking at it when I'm <laughs> in meetings and, and things like that. So I absolutely love it. I just love you know seeing their faces and watch them run out the door in the mornings. Um, so yeah, Ring is my uh, go-to app at the moment. Is it pretty install? It' pretty easy to install the camera oh it's so easy i okay. am the world's worst diy person i'm the worst because i think i'm great and i'm actually rubbish <laughs> i've had so many uh, so many diy disasters that i was kind of dreading installing this quite valuable camera but they've done really good job in kind of onboarding you you know mm. just in the same way that you would onboard someone to an app and um, they onboard you really well they provide a little screwdriver that's the right size and they make it really easy so yeah i didn't have any problems that's very cool What's the one takeaway you want the audience to leave with? There are more than two app stores, and these app stores are definitely worth exploring.
0: And if the audience wants to learn more about you and your products, where else would they go besides? All right, I'm going to say go check it out. It is appscatter.com. You have to leverage all these other app stores, and you got to tell me how it goes, but it is appscatter.com. Simon, you want to send them anywhere else?
1: Um, no, that would be definitely my first port of call. Um, sign up for an account. You can do loads. You can set up a watch list. You can start playing around, seeing what um, apps you're doing. Um, we have a free trial, so you can even distribute your apps, get them out to all the app stores, and then uh, turn it off before you have to pay. We, we, we don't mind. Um, and I think follow us on Twitter. We're um, at AppScutter, and, and follow me on Twitter as well, at Simon Gannon.
0: Great. Well, Simon's name in your favorite podcast app is linked up to a Twitter profile as long as well as app scatter. If you just click on these texts, you'll be directed to the proper spot. And if you got anything out of this, find a way to thank the guests like I'm about to do now. Simon, thank you so much for coming on and doing this.
1: Thank you very much for
0: having me. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you at the next chat.